Hello, everybody. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Today, I want to talk to you about what's in the news in the Middle East. Hezbollah faces rising discontent in heartland ahead of election. What's that about? Afghanistan's first female pilot granted asylum in the U.S. Iran works to keep Europe on board amid uncertainty over nuclear deal. Iraq's Shiite-Sunni divide eases. Netanyahu says secret files prove Iran lied about the nuclear program. Missile strikes on Syrian military base kill dozens. Iran clamps down on Telegram app, blaming it for unrest. U.S.-led coalition signals the end of major combat operations in Iraq. Saudi women get a live look at once indecent pro-wrestlers. Saudi Arabia apologizes for a glimpse at indecent woman at wrestling event. That's funny. Syria's war jolts a beloved tradition, gathering desert truffles, and it gets a little bit um, out of whack right there. Trump may go to opening of U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Wow, that's kind of newsy. Libyan warlord, warlord, sorry, Haftar, returns after medical treatment abroad. Europe's entreaties to Trump on Iran nuclear deal show scant effect. Syrian or Syria ramps up attacks on pockets of opposition, and there's more and more and more. How Yemen's Hothus, or Hoth, Hothis, I guess it is, Hothis, are ramping up their weapons capability, and Yemen's rebels step up attacks on Aramco oil facilities. Now, do we think that we're not going to have any problem as Christians? We're going to get raptured away um, from all the trouble that's coming on the earth. No, that's not what Jesus said. Well, where did he say that we would do other things? Well, let's just go to Matthew 24 for a moment. And see if we can find something. Well, let's see. Starting in verse 7, Matthew 24. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in different places. We think we're going to escape all that in a rapture? Verse 8. All these are but the beginning of sorrows, or travail, Verse 9, then shall they deliver you up. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to the disciples, his own people, his own disciples. If we're Christians, that's exactly what we are, his disciples. 
They shall deliver you up to be afflicted. You mean not treated royally? Not coddled? Right. Instead, afflicted. And shall kill you. Whoa. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Wow. And then many shall be offended. And shall betray one another and hate one another. Why? Well, we, we, we were taught that we would get out of the mess without any problem. We'd be raptured out of here. No, that's not what he said. This is not biblical, this rapture idea that we're going to be whisked away from all our responsibilities, trials and troubles. No, that's not what it says. And they shall be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. Well, a lot of that to me is because we were duped into thinking we were going to get raptured away. No, we're we're going to get a rude awakening and find out, no, we're not going to get raptured away. We're going to get in the middle of it and get troubled. Uh, so let's just get real. If you're really a Christian, buckle up. It's going to get rough. And that's the truth. That is what Jesus himself said. And I'll take his word over um, fiction any day of the week. Well, fiction? What do you mean fiction? Well, the Left Behind series? Now, I talked to Jerry Jenkins, who wrote it, face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, and I've said this before on the podcast, And I asked him point blank, right off the bat. I shook hands with him and I said, I just have one question for you. Did you base this writing, this series, on uh, the Bible or on fiction? He said fiction, right off the bat, without equivocation, fiction. It's fiction. It's not even real But the church wanted to believe it so bad, sold a lot of books, made a lot of movies, and sold a lot of tickets. But it isn't even real. How sad, how pathetic. In verse 11 of Matthew 24, he says, Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Did you hear that? Because what shall abound? Our wealth, our economy, our health. No, none of those. Those aren't going to abound. Our health is going to go south. It's going to go down. And our wealth as well. And our comforts. Can you imagine what it would be like if we didn't have the trucking industry bringing our food from California and all over the world to get it here so we can go into the store and buy food readily and cheaply and easily? We're pretty spoiled in America. Let's just face it. 
We don't grow our own food. We wouldn't be able to grow our own food if our lives depended on it. How sad. How pathetic. Do you think your grandmother and grandfather could live that way? Do you think they did live that way? No, I don't. They grew their own food. And that's what we ought to do, too. We ought to know how to grow food and where our food comes from. It comes from the soil, the ground. Your health is dependent on the health of your soil. That's right. And how do you build soil? Start with organic matter, maybe peat moss, or maybe rotten wood, or rotten leaves. Rake them up, put them in a pile, keep adding table scraps to it, anything but meat or dairy or fish or cooking oil. Anything uh, processed, leave out. But only natural things, leaves, wood, chips of wood, not not potato chips, certainly, not garbage, not eggshells. You don't need any animal products in your garden. No, 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 no. You need organic matter. You need living creatures in there. Microrhizomes. Little um, mites and bugs and worms and things like that that digest the um, organic matter. And when they poop it out, it becomes fertilizer. And then to keep that soil alive, to keep those micro-animals alive, cover it with mulch. Now what I do is I take my paper bags from Publix. When I go get my groceries, I ask for it in paper. That paper is compostable. It says so right on the package. And it, I put it through my shredder. Then I shred some broad leaves off of one of the trees I have out back and put them through my shredder, mix it up, and cover my soil with a two-inch thick layer of that, that mulch that I just made, that I just chipped up in my little shredder, my paper shredder. (laughs) Who'd have thunk it? But it makes a great mulch. It keeps slugs out of my garden. It keeps the weeds from coming up in the first place because they can't get enough light and sun and everything else. And it keeps the moisture from evaporating through and into the air, thus killing what was down inside it, making the fertilizer needed to grow plants successfully and healthfully. I'm remarkably impressed by this system because my plants seem to thrive. They're dark green leaves. They're robust. They're hardy and healthy. And they're growing like crazy. This year, better than ever. So, we could try that. If you only have a small space, use a container. Just start with one grow something, grow a pepper plant or a tomato plant or something. Grow something so that you can learn how 
to grow and grow your own food. Any is better than none, that's for sure. And greens grow quickly. In 45 days, just a month and a few days, a month and a couple of weeks, six weeks, you can have something that you grew from seed to plate. That's right. Other crops take a little longer, 75 days for tomatoes, for example, and probably about the same for peppers. But still, get growing. That's what we all ought to do. Instead of being so heavily dependent on others for our food, And our children grow up not even knowing where our food comes from. Well, what's this iniquity he's talking about? Well, you can go to... um, uh, Let's flip on over to uh, Isaiah 25. Or actually, let's go in uh, 24 and 21 shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings upon the earth. Why? Because of the iniquities they're pushing off on the people. They shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. He's talking about the kings, the lofty, the high ones, the bankers who are... uh, taking it from people all over the place when they shouldn't be, taxmen and such. Now, I know taxes, banks, they're they're all important, but their greed isn't. That's the problem. Iniquity shall abound. That's not the only source of iniquity, Um, but we are bringing a lot of trouble onto our planet. We need a government that can actually put a stop to the evils that are here. And that is exactly what Jesus Christ is coming to do. But let's go on about this iniquity thing. Let's just flip on over to Second um, Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 1. This know also that in the last days, that's what we're talking about here, perilous or grievous times shall come. Well, we're not going to get raptured out of all of it, are we? No. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, railers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, plenty of the unnatural kind, truce breakers, implacable, false accusers, slanderers, incontinent, that is, without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are um, good, there are no lovers of good, Traitors, heady, arrogant, proud, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of it, from such turn away. 
And so there you have it. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Or 1 through 4, actually. But anyway, so we learn a lot of things about what's going on in the Middle East and the world. You can flip over to any headline you want. But I'm here to tell you it's all about Jerusalem and the Middle East. We may not want to admit what's coming down the pike at us. We want to be in this lofty little world of our own where everything goes our way, where we get raptured out of here and we don't have to think about it anymore. We can trust that God's going to take us out of this mess. That's not what Jesus said. Not if we will be um, killed and persecuted and the like. If you can't face that, then you need to really pray about it and get God's understanding of his word from him and realize that there, there is more than one way that he can keep us from the hour of temptation or the hour of trial. And sometimes it's through the trial that he'll take us that we might be trusting him more. Have you ever had a, a death threat from someone, a legitimate death threat with a gun? That's scary. It is. It's scary stuff. I hope that that never happens to you. But we all need to be on guard, on the alert, on the watch. Jesus said, I tell you again, watch. Where did he say that? Let's flip on over to uh, Mark 13. And we'll start in verse 32. But of that day and of that hour, no man knows, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but only the Father. And I added the word only. Take heed, therefore, watch and pray, for you know not when the time comes. He said to watch and pray. That's exactly what I just said we needed to do. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, sojourning to another country, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Verse 35, Watch you, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house comes whether it's going to be at evening or midnight or at the dawn or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping, waiting for the rapture to come. No, no, he wants you to be working right up until the end. He doesn't want to find you sleeping and what I say unto you, I say unto all, and that includes you and me. Watch. Watch. 
Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, watch what? Watch TV? Well, watch the news. Keep your eye on what's happening in the Middle East. That's very important. And why do I say that the the Middle East is important? Because the scriptures are full talking about it. And you've heard me talk about this before, perhaps. Verse, uh, well, chapter 34 of Isaiah, chapter 25 of Isaiah, uh, and lots and lots of other places. Come near you nations to hear. This is verse 1, chapter 34 of Isaiah. And listen, you people, let the earth hear. We're not talking about the church. We're talking about the earth. All people, let the earth hear and all that is therein, the world and all things that come forth of it. That's pretty inclusive, seems to me. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury is upon all their armies. And he has utterly destroyed them and has delivered them to the slaughter. Oh, boy. It gets pretty ugly from here down, let me tell you. In verse 4, he says, And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their host shall fall down as the leaf falling off the vine, and the vine or as a falling fig from a fig tree. Now, what is that talking about? What is that a reference to? Well, let's go to Matthew twenty four twenty nine for just one second, and we'll come back. Matthew twenty four twenty nine says this, Immediately after the trouble, the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. That's what he's talking about, the stars falling from heaven. And the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Well, what's going to cause the sun to be darkened? You want a clear reference to what's the scripture on that? Revelation 9 and verse 2. And we'll get back to Isaiah in just a minute. 9... And verse 2, let's see here. Okay, there's chapter 8, chapter 9, okay. Well, let me start in verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. The abyss, the pit of the abyss. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened. Why? By reason of the smoke of the pit. It's as clear as it can get. And then uh, the reference there is to Joel chapter 2 and verse 2. 
Now, let's see. That's in the so-called Minor Prophets. Joel 2, starting in verse 2. And this is right after Hosea. So if you can find the 12 chapters of Hosea, or actually 14 chapters of Hosea, Joel's next. And it says in verse 1 of chapter 2, Blow the trumpet in Zion. That would be Israel. And sound the alarm in my holy mountain, Mount Moriah, or that's where the temple mountain, everything is. And let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord comes, and it is near at hand. It is a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, as the morning spreads over the mountains, and a great people and a strong comes over it, in other words, and that's one of the way I'm reading it, there has not ever been the like of that, neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns, and the land which was as the Garden of Eden before them is left behind them a desolate wilderness, and yes, nothing shall escape them. It's pretty, pretty scary stuff. Um, but it goes on and describes it even further. And then in verse 10, The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, and the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars withdraw their shining. When you roll a scroll together, as we read in... Um, in the 34th chapter of Isaiah, you can't see the words anymore that are written on the scroll. And I believe that's what this may be talking about. When that smoke covers the atmosphere of the earth, you can't see the stars anymore. And why would they fall? It says they would fall as a fig falls off the fig tree in verse 4. Isaiah 34, the whole host of heaven, all the host of heaven shall be dissolved and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll and all their hosts shall fall down. There are 22,500 or more satellites out there that we human beings have shot up into space. It doesn't seem possible, but that's really not that big a number, I suppose. But if you go out in the night sky and you're in a position away from the city where you can actually see the stars, there are billions of them out there. But every so often you'll see one traveling across the sky. Those are the satellites. And these are what Jesus predicted would fall. And the same with Isaiah, in, in my view. And when they fall, I mean, it's like a big two-story house falling on a neighborhood. It would destroy it. It would just destroy it. But uh, anyway, they'll all come down. And so much for the Internet, that's going to go away. And there's lots of other things that are going to go away, and including um, greedy people on the earth. 
who take from people that can't afford to be uh, ripped off, and so on and so forth. But there are a lot of evils out there. We read the list. But we need to be prepared for some of these things coming on the earth. So keep your eyes on the Middle East. That's the crux of this whole matter. That's where the oil is. And there's going to be a big war over there between the Sunnis and the Shiites. We always thought it was going to be about the United States of Europe and Russia or or China or Japan or somebody. But no, it's between the Shiites and the Sunnis. And where are they? Well, they're in the northern tier of states along the south uh, border of the Mediterranean in northern Africa and all of Europe. <laughs> wow. And the Middle East. We've got Iran, we've got Iraq, and we've got Saudi. Iran is Shiite, old school, and Sunnis are the modern wealthy ones, or the wealthier ones. They're going to nuke it out, and they're going to burn down big cities like Medina and Mecca and Riyadh and places in Saudi Arabia, Tehran, and there's going to be a big war in the Middle East. And that oil is going to catch fire. That's what I believe he's talking about in all these scriptures. Joel 2, uh, Isaiah 34, Matthew 24, uh, Revelation 9, 2. Look these things up. Look into it. Study the word darkness. If you'd like to know more, you can go to my website. I have nothing for sale on the website. There's not an ad in there. No ads. It's all a gift to you. You can download my books. You can uh, watch the video links to YouTube videos that build your faith. We need to have faith that Jesus is real, that he is coming back, and that the kingdom of God is more than just within you. No, it's something greater. He's going to be here on the earth ruling from Jerusalem. That is good news. We need him here. He will get things done that need to be done to fix what's wrong with our planet. And we're going to screw it up. I mean royal. So watch and pray. Until next time. Oh, the website. Um, Jesus is why or I tell why dot com. And you can email me if you like, and it's Earl at um, the following uh, site Jesus is why at gmail dot com. Till next time, have a great day. Keep looking up and expecting. Jesus to come and fix what we mess up because that's what's going to happen. Thank God we have a Savior like him. Till next time then, have a great day.